Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hey friends, welcome back to WISE. I'm so excited for this episode as always. I always say that. But what is it if you're not excited about your own freaking podcast, right? So if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I posted about how the audio was weird in one of the podcasts. This is the podcast and I am actually re-recording it because I just, there comes a point as a content creator where you, it's like, it doesn't matter what you think other people are hearing. You have your own standards. And I think that this is a business lesson Because like through time, like in the beginning, all that really matters. If you're a content creator, an online business owner, all that really matters is like getting your shit out, you know, like get your stuff out there, post, share, do anything. Like it really doesn't matter. The quality doesn't matter as much because you just want to gain reps and you want to build a giant body of work. So like in the beginning, you want quantity over quality. Through time, obviously, you begin to uh, refine, you begin to, you know, get clearer on your message, and you get clearer on the things that really matter. <clears throat> Again, your message, the the things that you're trying to say, the things that you're trying to sell, all of this stuff. So through time, again, that was my journey at the beginning, but now I've gotten to a place where like it doesn't... It's not me worrying about other people listening to it. I know it would be fine, but now I have my own standard and it where I am in my journey right now, I just don't feel right releasing that podcast without the sound if I know that it could be better. So don't worry about these things at the beginning of your journey. Again, five years ago, I just would have put it out there because it it would have been so hard just to publish one episode. Now it's like I do this. This is literally what I do. And I have to put out quality stuff. Again, business lesson on your business journey if you're an entrepreneur listening to this. And it's also, I think, from my own self-integrity where it doesn't, again, it's like what I say aligns with what I do. So I will spend an extra 30 minutes uh, re-recording this episode and trusting that it will be just as good as the first one. Usually the first run through is the best. But I'm going to choose to believe that the universe wanted me to re-record it. That makes me feel a little bit better. Not sure if that's true. You can let me know what you thought of this episode. And the reason that I'm doing this episode is because I wanted to just garner some of those more tangible lessons from the last podcast. And, you know, so many of you reached out about that podcast and told me that it resonated with you in so many different ways, whether it was like you, you know, receiving somebody's coming out and what to say, 
I heard from some teachers who are kind of like the first line of communication with their students who are very young. So they hear about these things and their orientations before the parents do. So it was just, I was blown away by how many of you reached out and how many of you resonated in your own way, which was my goal. I didn't want it to be like some dramatic thing. I didn't want it to be this like, a, you know, this like huge dramatic story. It's just like, this is what happened. Here's my story. Take it and do the things that you need to do too. And this podcast is really going to be just extracting the lessons that I learned. All of these are hard lessons. And oftentimes, things have to suck in order to gain the meaning from them. Honestly, anything I do that has meaning is hard. And my brain doesn't like that. Like to this day, my brain does not love sitting through discomfort. And when it comes to our personal journeys, we have to sit through, be willing to sit through discomfort in order to get to the gold. So discomfort is not a bad thing. Discomfort is truly a signal. Like I'm not talking about pain necessarily. Discomfort is truly a signal that you're on the right path. Okay, so just keep that in mind if you're going through something. If you're going through something really tough right now, really trust that it is going to give you something that you will use for later. I something that really helped me through this process because it was really hard was thinking that right now I am being used to tell this story. Uh, This situation was given to me in my life because I need to be a vessel for sharing my story. Obviously I share other stuff too. Like I, I actually don't want this to be like the central part of my message because it's, you know, I teach everything, (laughs) like the nutrition and cooking and online business are literally what I do. But I want this to be a surrounding topic that can maybe even help you with those things too. Because if we're more in integrity with ourselves and more authentic, the food stuff, the money stuff, the relationship stuff just becomes easier. So this is all about self-development and choosing to take that harder path in life. Uh, So before we get into those, I wanted to remind you that the waitlist for Intuitive Macros is open. Enrollment for the waitlist is going to be on August 14th. So that's about a week from today. Um, if you join the waitlist, you will get the pricing of $4.97, but I'm raising the price to $5.97. So you have to be on the waitlist in order to get that discount. Uh, the regular price of the program was raised for this round because I'm including a pre-week and we have some more content coming, uh, some other just tangible ways to measure your progress and stuff like that. So I did raise the price because I know that there's so much value, but you can get that regular, uh, the old price of $4.97 if you get on the wait list. We don't start until September 6th. But that's going to be a pre-week. It's a Tuesday. So we're going, I'm going to share some content with you and we'll be in a Facebook group together. Our actual first call will not be until September 13th. So Intuitive Macros is my signature six-week uh, nutrition group coaching program. People get incredible results. I love running this program. Um, so I would love, love, love to have you in there. You can get on the waitlist at the link in my bio or in the show notes. 
Um, the next thing is that for past clients, Intuitive Macros Monthly, which is my membership community that I'm starting, is open. It's $47 a month. You can also pay yearly to get some bonuses, uh, including discounts on future programs with me. You get one coaching call with me and you also get access to Quickfire Kitchen, which is my signature cooking course, which is $300. So I am so excited about that. Last thing I'll say is that one-on-one applications for nutrition are currently open. I have been taking applications for the past two weeks. I had a bunch of clients graduate, which is always my goal. Um, And I had a bunch of spots open up at the same, to happen to be at the same time for the first time in a really long time. So I want us to take advantage of the openness and the fact that there are open spots. You can apply at the link in my bio on Instagram or in the show notes. The link is there. The application doesn't take more than five minutes. And from the pricing and everything is on there too, you will be able to fill things out. I'll take a look. And if we're a good fit, we will just get on a call that is not a high pressure sales call at all. It's just to see like, how do we vibe? This is a program that is pretty intensive and we need to make sure that we have um, a good connection because so much of the results come from that relationship-based coaching. So that is it for the housekeeping stuff. Let's get right into the lessons. What a dramatic shift we're going to make right here because this first one is like, oh, the first one, the first thing, if I really look back on, you know, some of these are about my relationships. Some of them are just about me and my journey. Um, This first one is about other people and, and relationships, but you need to allow people to love you for who you are. That is, and if they don't, that is something to be said (laughs) about them. So for me, that has meant letting go of or creating distance with those who have told me because of my coming out, because of like my drastic, you know, all the things that I've been through have said, well, I kind of don't want to know about that part of your life or I would rather not speak about it. That means that you are essentially like chopping off a part of yourself in order to please somebody else. And it feels so gross to me. And I cannot be in integrity with myself. Just not talking about this like thing that's like a fundamental part of me. And I can understand on the parts of other people that perhaps there can be grief. Like, logically, I understand that. Like, you thought that I was someone and you had kind of a picture and a visualization of what, like, my life would look like and who I was. And now I'm not that thing anymore in terms of, like, how I relate to you, even though it has nothing to do with you. (laughs) Uh, Big thing there. So I cannot jive with that. I cannot pretend like, oh, things are just like still the same. I can understand that there is grief, but the underlying thing there is that when we do that, we are saying that you can treat me a certain way. That's all on you. And also you are making this about you. It's not, oh, how amazing that like you are opening up about who you are to me. Let me support you. 
it is saying, oh, this is so jarring to me that I can't accept it and I'm making it all about me and my pain. How dare you do this? How, oh my gosh, I had no idea. You don't look gay. Uh, All of these things that I have heard from some of those close to me that have been incredibly, were incredibly difficult at the time. And now I can recognize that it's not about me. People can only meet you to where they have met themselves. And I'm not saying like, oh, they're gay or whatever, but I'm saying that like, if somebody is not living to their full authenticity, is it's going to be jarring for, especially when they have that picture in their mind and the grief is involved. Um, it's going to be very difficult for them and and honestly impossible for them to meet you in that depth when they haven't experienced that depth or admitting things to themselves. It might not be about that at all also, right? It could also just be like, this is too off-putting for me. Again, where to me, it's like, are we living, it's like 2022, are we living in 1890, Uh, apparently, sometimes, some of us will encounter this resistance. And I used to, at the beginning, I was so sad about it and so disappointed. And now I can see it very clearly now that the scar is very much, now that the wound is, no, now that it is a scar and not a wound anymore, which means it has healed. I I don't even want to, I hesitate to say the word heal, world heal. Let's just say it's integrated and I have accepted it. Um, So to me, I'm also like, imagine being so concerned with somebody's sex life and orientation that you cannot accept them. Like literally, I am never thinking about that with anybody. It's literally the last thing on my mind and the last thing of importance and something that I cannot imagine judging anybody about. I also know that like I have high levels of empathy, acceptance, and I do honestly expect the same from those close to me. And that is a hard thing, right? To think that like the people close to you, that this is their concern or that this is something that is even of importance or changes the way they view you. Again, it is something that I cannot fathom that I cannot imagine. And yeah, again, acceptance of the grief, acceptance of, you know, integration of what life looks like now is important. And as this pertains to you, if someone, when we live our truth, people will have an opinion, usually because most people don't do that. uh, So it can be very jarring. But when we are living our truth, it's going to have an impact on those closest to us. And whatever it is that you choose to do, oftentimes, or that you want to do, oftentimes we choose not to do it because of like the backlash or the opinions of those around us. And in that case, you're really putting someone else's needs before your own. And I can understand that this is also a process. I understand that it isn't something that is so easy for everybody. I think for me, it was quote unquote easier and like a next natural step for me because I have been living in my authenticity in so many ways for so many years. Like I've had an unconventional job, quote unquote unconventional for 10 years. 
Uh, I had my private chef company and I have always done coaching. Now I only do coaching and, you know, online classes and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I moved to Italy. I, uh, you know, have just always followed my intuition. And to me, wherever your intuition leads you is right. If you feel a call for something inside, your intuition placed it there, right? So again, if we have sort of um, confined ourselves to the expectations of others or the expectations of society, things might feel really hard and things might feel like you don't want to change what is already comfortable. I fully understand that. But I also urge you to just, you don't have to do anything right now, but you can like admit something to yourself or you can try something or you can envision something different. And again, this is the way that I want you to think of those things. And anyone who objects to you living your truth probably was not meant to be in your life. And I that has been a really hard truth for me to accept, but not accepting it brings me more grief and brings me more pain. And that is where we need to leave that. It isn't always easy to do these things, but I think we will all be confronted in some way when we choose to do what is best for us. The next thing is that, like I said, it didn't feel hard for me to come out, but I also have really acknowledged my own privilege. Uh, People think I'm straight all the time. I present as feminine. I, I, nobody would guess that I'm like the, you know, quintessential representation of, you know, a bisexual woman, Um, maybe bisexual, but I don't think like a full, you know, like a lesbian. I don't think that, you know, I represent like what society thinks one looks like. And that isn't a judgment on anything. It's just like, this is where we are in society right now. Um, And again, I still get people that kind of assume that I'm with a man, for example, when I went to Boise in the ConvertKit conference, I was sitting next to a man on the shuttle and we started talking and, you know, he was at the, he was going for the conference too. And he asked me what I was doing and kind of why I was there. I was like, I'm really here because to learn, but my partner is giving the opening talk. And he said, oh, what's his name? And that was just like, again, nothing bad, but it's just like, that's where society is. That like, if you are a straight presenting woman, I'm also white passing, even though I am Latin. Um, My mom's father was American, but everyone else is not, um, everyone else was an immigrant. And, you know, I, I am very aware of how I look and how I present and how most people wouldn't think that, you know, and I feel very proud and happy to walk around with uh, Shantae and like really, I don't want to say show off because like it's nothing like, oh, hey, look at this. But it's like I feel very confident and happy and I don't see any sort of like difference in this relationship and I have always had like a really uh non-existent level of discomfort in you know being in my relationship and showing off my relationship too 
But it's just interesting to me how much privilege is involved with things like this because I know that other people don't have the same sort of like quote unquote easy experience that I did and I wouldn't even characterize mine as easy. Like I don't get any like uh, any sort of anything from like other people beside like people who don't know me um, and everyone else has everyone else that I choose to keep in my life has obviously been uh, very accepting. Even like family members, like I said before, were like, but you don't look gay. You were so happy with your husband. Why did this happen? All these things. And again, I can't control that. And I can't control how other people perceive what I do. And that's, a, again, can be a tough truth, but something that can also be very clarifying in the way that you want to live your life. The next lesson is to listen to yourself and give yourself the space to listen to yourself. When I lived, I mentioned this on the podcast, on the last one, um, but when I chose to leave Miami, my life in Miami was very busy. Like I had stuff to do all the time. Every weekend was packed, whether it was with my family, my ex-husband's family, our friends, my friends, business stuff. Like I lived a very jam-packed, very active life. And the moment I left, I realized like, oh my gosh, I have all this space now and now I can actually like listen to my desires and and listen to the things that I want to do. I think another thing on top of this is that now we live in an age where it's so easy to stay in consumption mode and to just like always be, especially if you work from home like me and like (laughs) you have days that are not client facing. I have about three days a week that are not like during the week uh, that are not client facing. So it's very easy to just like always be listening to music or always be listening to a podcast or always be trying to learn. You know, I was very in that, you know, trap for a long time of like, you know, I can't have a downtime. I have to like always be doing something. My brain has to be active. If not, I'm wasting my time. Like what a, what a really tough way, you know, to move through the world. I also realize that like many of us do have packed lives that like we can't take space from. Uh, whether you're working all day or you just have a really, really busy life and a lot of demand and a lot of is, a lot is expected of you. Um, I think that that can be tough to gain that moment of silence and clarity, but I am very intentional about creating space where I don't have any input. So I'm not listening to music. I'm not, um, I don't have a podcast in, I don't have an audiobook in. I'm not like, you know, I just started to notice like this is another subject, but I started to notice like how compulsive I became. I was talking to a friend about this this weekend. How compulsive I became for like always like leaving the moment. Like, oh, need to check my phone or like need to look at my Kindle or need to like check if somebody texted me or like my brain is so sensitive that it just kind of like got accustomed to those things. Um, so that was something that I had to recognize and then say like, okay, I'm going to have to be very intentional about like creating this quietness and this silence for me. So I I can actually like know what I think (laughs) and know what I want and, and recognize my desires. Uh, I think that this is integral to knowing who we are. And I think like as a content creator, it can be tough sometimes like with, you know, looking at Instagram and I reached a point some time ago, maybe, I don't know, a couple of years ago where 
I was like, and and this moment still comes up for me from time to time, rarely, but it, it'll still happen where I find myself consuming sometimes. And I'm like, wait, what do I think though? <laughs> what do I actually think? And like, whenever I feel myself, like I, now I don't really allow myself to get to that point because I create so much silence, but it's very smart for me to like stay off my phone, create silence, because then you can actually like listen to what it is that you need and what you want. The hard part there is accepting it and admitting it and integrating that truth, which can sometimes be disruptive. You know, it can be like, oh, you know, we can range all the way from, you know, oh, I have this like nudge to start painting that can, you know, okay, I'm going to order some stuff from Amazon or take a class and, you know, okay, cool. It's not very disruptive to my life or I'm going to go play pickleball, which I am going to do in the next few weeks. And versus like, oh, I don't like being in my marriage or I don't like being in my job or something else is calling to me. I think we can start by accepting those littler, smaller truths. And then we can get to those bigger truths if that is resonant to you. Again, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, go like blow up your life, but listen if something is not aligned or if something is not bringing you the joy that you expected it to or it once did and you want something different. The next thing is sex. And this is something that is, uh, that I will eventually probably talk about a little bit more because my own journey with sex has changed so much over the last three years and my eyes have like really been blown open with like what things used to be like and how things are now um you know obviously I had had sex with men for you know my whole life not my whole life I don't even know when I had sex for the first time I was 18 actually I was a senior in high school and I have you know, maybe I went through like a little phase in college where I was like a little bit more quote unquote promiscuous, but like for the last probably 13, like 12 or 13 years, I've only been with like four people. And um, that it was, you know, again, before that, perhaps it was a little bit more, but like at this point, I am not somebody who is like really, you know, I'm very much like an emotional uh, connector. I need that in order to like be intimate with somebody. So I had really like just gotten accustomed to the way that things were and the way that things kind of like operated, which again, this is not an knock on men. And obviously like I think that you can have, you know, the dynamic that I currently have in any sort of relationship. But I think that with like heterosexual couples and maybe you feel this if you are, you know, somebody who is in a heterosexual relationship or if you've been with men before it's like penetration is the gold standard and like everything centers around the penetration and it's always like for me it just felt always like all right let's like rush to get there and like okay like yes granted I on 100% had like amazing experiences I just didn't know that it could be different than that and that it could look different and you know, I had been with a woman many years ago, but like, again, it was like in college. It didn't mean anything. It was with a friend of mine who actually like still talked to, as I said before. Uh, But I just didn't picture like, oh, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is just like the way it is. And like, 
this is how it's going to always be. And like, I had just kind of accepted that. Um, you know, so when I began having feelings for Shantae and like we started, you know, obviously having sex and like being in that dynamic, I didn't realize what a big world there was like outside of just that gold standard and how there are so many different ways of having sex and create because like when you think of sex it's penetration right but like in same-sex relationships it doesn't necessarily have to be that it can be a bunch of other things and some of the most like amazing things that you know I've experienced haven't even involved that which to me was just really outside of the things that I knew and that was my own like you know, just heteronormative brain really not realizing that like, oh my gosh, there's like this whole world of sensuality and intimacy and pleasure that exists outside of that. And for me, that was really a journey of like being open to receiving and being open to staying in my pleasure and kind of like being comfortable staying there for a long period of time versus just like this kind of rushed energy. It's just a different energy. And that was when really that like first experience was the signifier to me, even though like I knew that I wanted a divorce even before I had even like touched Shantae, let's say, uh, just by being around her and like, you know, even from like that first moment that I saw her. But like once that happened, I was like, oh, okay, this is like what what fits for me and what I prefer. And I think that you can bring that energy into into whatever relationship you're in, no matter what, if that is a priority to you, it absolutely is for me. Um, but again, there was just like, I was honestly like, wow, like there's this whole other way of experiencing and being of th- and thinking that like has nothing to do with what I've been used to. And for me, it was, again, better and more aligned. So I think for uh, for us, just thinking of like the lesson for you is like, if you're feeling that way, kind of like, huh, it's like, okay, like, cool, whatever, like, it's fine. Um, there's other things that, again, I really think it's like energy and intention of just like being present being in the moment, allowing yourself to be there and like really experience, you know, I think a lot of us, especially women, uh, and this is something I want to talk about more at some point, but like, it's kind of like, we're not really present as it's happening. It's like, oh, okay. Like, okay. And then it's just over. But I really learned how to be present and how to stay and how to, uh, want to be present. Um, and again, it's an energy and an intention, and I won't give any specifics uh, besides that. But again, just something to think about if you had an idea in your mind of like, how can I experience pleasure? How can I be open to it? And how can I bring a different sort of intentionality uh, into my sex life? I think there's actually a lot of um, overlaps between food and sex and desire which is why, and uh, a bunch of other stuff too, but for me, it's a vehicle to like be more of myself, to embody myself, to stay present. Uh, And food 
is and like accept my desires and share my desires and things like that and experience those things. And many of us who perhaps feel like our sex life is lack lacking or something, um, or even our desire, uh, Sometimes we're not allowing ourselves to even feel pleasure with food. So again, it's a big thing to look at and probably something that I will talk about a lot more at some point, but that was just like a big realization and um, lesson for me. And also like if you're out there wondering like, okay, let's say you're somebody who like wants to, you know, be with a woman and you've only been with men before, you know, I, I think that at the beginning I was like, oh my gosh, what's it going to be like? And I even shared this with Shantae, like, what's it going to be like? And I'm nervous. If you have a connection with a person emotionally, like you literally do not have to worry about that. Um, I think it was also like, I felt comfortable because I knew that like, she, it wasn't her first time doing these things and it was mine. Like at least the first time that like it meant something. I felt comfort in that. But like, even if I didn't know that fact, like if you connect with somebody, you can connect in other ways that in which there doesn't have to like be pressure or being like, what do I do? Or what am I going to worry about? Or, you know, being worried about it. Uh, I think it's a very common thing, something that I felt like very for not long at all, but it was definitely a thought that came up. Um, and Again, something that is just like really natural based off of the intention and the connection um, with whoever you are, you know, with at the moment. The next thing is a really big one that, you know, there are no guarantees in life for anything. All we can do is build self-trust and resilience. This is a very hard truth. And something that I still find a lot of discomfort in, um, but it is the truth. When I got married, I never envisioned like getting divorced. And I said this on the last podcast, I literally never imagined it. Uh, I think perhaps I knew on that day, like that, um, I think I had just sort of like accepted that this is how my life would be. And it was what I wanted in that moment. But I also didn't envision anything different. You know, I also didn't envision wanting more or different. But I, I, in that moment, I was like, all right, I'm locked in. Let's go. <laughs> this is how my life is going to be. And I had the ultimate guarantee that something would work. A ring, a commitment, a piece of paper, <laughs> uh, all of these things. And yet it still didn't work and I still left. So even if you have like a title or if you have like, if you move into like that next milestone or like we're engaged or we're married, perhaps I have a pessimistic view because I got divorced, but I think this is actually really realistic because we can't predict how we're going to change. We can't predict how other people are going to change. Promises that feelings will remain the same are lies. We can have the intention but you truly don't know. And again, this is so hard. This is still hard for me because like I love as a control freak, I love a guarantee. <laughs> I love certainty, but life is not certain. Again, you can have the intention of like, I hope we will stay together forever. I hope that this will be my last relationship. I hope that, you know, we won't ever, 
um, part or whatever it is. And I think there can also be an underlying commitment in the sense of like, I think for in dealing with other people, I think that like, if you are truly happy in your relationship and you're not given, you're not like uh, non-monogamous, like ethically non-monogamous or polyamorous or something where like you have the agreement that you can explore and, and do other things. Um, I think that if you are not open to being attracted to someone that you won't actually like gain that attraction from someone else. Like I was obviously very open to it when I felt that with Shantae. Um, and if I had been truly happy in my marriage, then I wouldn't have been open to it. Right. And again, this was something that like was already in my mind. I think it's also why like cheating happens and, you know, infidelity happens and all of that. But I think that like you, we can still absolutely feel attraction for a bunch of people. And ultimately it comes down to like, do I want to be here? Like it, which means more to me, the relationship means more to me rather than like this fling or, or this attraction of mine. Um, we're going into a different subject here <laughs> for this lesson, but I think that it all goes along with the same thing that like you can intend and you can ask for these things like, but it also doesn't change what will actually happen. Like I had the ultimate guarantee and it didn't stop me from leaving and wanting to leave. So like when I first started dating, Shantae and I first started dating, I was very much like, I need, we need the, I need the title. Uh, I need um, you to give me a guarantee that like, you know, because my life is going to change so much. Um, I need a guarantee that like, we're going to always be together. <laughs> and looking back, that was incredibly unfair. I think that like you can voice, I think the difference there is to voice your own desire and intention instead of putting this like pressure of like, you have to give me this and you have to, you know, be committed to me and all of these things, which like, it wasn't necessarily like that for us, but I was very much like, am I your girlfriend? Are we official? Like, I think also this was like the first time in my life that I like went after someone. Granted, the attraction was very mutual and very um, prevalent on both sides. But I think I definitely was the one that was like, all right, what's happening? Like, what are we? What's the title? I want to be your girlfriend. I want to share about us. I want to, which we don't do really. Um, I really only share about her if like Miss Faye is there too. And that is, uh, I think intentional just like in keeping our relationship kind of separate from, um, our businesses and stuff, you know, sharing from time to time, but nothing that's like the central point of either business. Um, but I think that I was doing those things to, you know, like around the guarantee and the, and the label and the title and all of these things because I was attempting to gain a certainty that doesn't exist. Again, this might feel pessimistic, but I do think it's actually the truth. And I think that all you can do then is work on being with yourself and work on like trusting yourself that if something happens that you will have yourself, like you will have your back. I also think that, you know, for this particular story, in, I think I put a lot of pressure in the beginning or like, again, I don't want to say a lot of pressure, but it was definitely like a thing of like, I would like a guarantee. I would like this and that. Uh, 
I think that you can show up in that way and you can say like, hey, I want to be your girlfriend. What do you think about that? Or, hey, I want this relationship and I want, you know, us to be together for a long time. Like, this is what I want. How do you feel about those things? That is not how I initially (laughs) approached it. Um, That was something we obviously moved through very quickly. But I think that, again, for this particular story, because there are there were so many changes like the quote unquote success of the story hinges upon whether Shantae and I stay together, you know, like, oh, that's like the big win. Like, yes, she left and, you know, she, you know, made all these changes and then yay, happily ever after they're together forever. You know, I think that that's like where my brain has definitely gone there. And I think that like to the outside, we think those things of situations like, oh, wow, like, this person changed things and now they're with this other person and you know happily ever after like the story is done but I really don't think that like the quote-unquote success of my story hinges upon anyone else not my ex-husband not Shantae not my parents not anybody it's who I become in this process and I will still have gotten you know even though we intend to be together um the success of this story hinges upon my own growth and it is not dependent on anyone else. And that is a really freeing thing. It's like, oh shit, no matter what happens, like I have been successful because I have listened to myself, you know? So I think that this is a very, again, hard truth. I think that it is the opposite of what we have been um, taught in society and what we hear is like the you know again the gold standard how many times am I going to say gold standard in this episode but I think that we have to develop our own internal certainty which will then create external certainty because it's like well I know that no matter what happens I've got myself so my okayness and the success of this story isn't dependent on you or anyone else it's dependent upon me and what I do Uh, And again, I think that this is something that is very freeing and it's important to remember that even if you have the title and you gain the certainty, so many things can happen, even if we don't intend them to. So big lesson. I think that this can be applied in, you know, a variety of ways. The next thing is that, you know, in relationships, I think that there is a balance between togetherness and independence and knowing that you can be both free and held at the same time. I think that there's this thing in relationships of like, oh, like I suddenly own this person now. Like they are mine. They have to do everything that I want to do and all of this stuff. And I've actually learned my marriage was very codependent in that way. More so on, you know, I was very independent and I like still traveled by myself and like developed and maintained, you know, tons of different relationships um, with my friends and and business people and and stuff like that. Um, But I think that like in terms of you just having your own life, it is very important for that to happen. It's very important to develop interests and hobbies and even friendships and relationships that like have nothing to do with each other. Uh, I really think that it's healthy you know, for example, Shantae and I don't live together. We live down the street from each other. And for right now, it's it works very well for us, you know, to live in two separate places. Uh, we are together most nights. Um, you know, we're definitely together like more nights than not. Um, 
but I still love having that alone time and like just having a night where it's like, all right, I'm going to eat my, what I want. I do that regardless, but like, I'm going to have like a fun dinner or I am going to watch a show, some shows that I really like or whatever it is. Like I need, I don't know, two nights a week that are like just me. And like I had that and I desired that in my marriage and it was not as received as well. Shantae is largely way more independent and than I am in the sense of her desire for independence and space. I love it. Love it. It's very much like a fundamental need for Shantae. Um, and obviously we honor those things, but at the same time, like because we are together so much um, and we see each other all the time and we live so close, like it's not detrimental for me. And it's not, I think it's actually healthier to have that, you know, because like, I think that it's easy to fall into that trap of just like, oh, being together all the time and doing everything the same. And for me, I know that it is much healthier to balance that togetherness with independence. And it's also very important, just like as a life skill, to learn how to be alone. And this is something that I have struggled with a lot in the past. Um, Even when I was married, I was okay being alone. And even now, like I'm totally fine and I prefer it and I need it sometimes. But I think that many of us stay in things because, or we think that it's like the norm to just like be together 24 seven and just like have things that you do in life that are together all the time. Maybe it works for some people. For me, I know that it is integral to have that separateness because then when you come together, it's intentional and it's special, you know? So this also goes along with like the, the concept of coddling and being responsible for yourself and being responsible for your emotions in my marriage, I very much depended on my ex-husband to uh, regulate my emotions for me. If I was upset about something, I would instantly go to him and he would calm me down. And I thought that that was a really <laughs> healthy thing. Now I've learned that like that is something that we all need to be responsible with ourselves for. Like Somebody can sit with you as you are having a problem but somebody is not there to solve your problem or to be fully responsible for bringing you down or back to baseline or for regulating yourself. That is something that I really learned in this relationship that like you are responsible for your emotions. You're responsible for your reactions. You're responsible for all of the things that you say and your energy, the things that you bring to the table and that if you need something, you need to explicitly express it with specifics. You know, I think it's like really common to want that, that like, again, what I would consider coddling, like just a constant, like, oh, it's okay. And like, I'm here for you all the time, 24 seven. And again, I think that that's where most of us go. But I think that true health in a relationship comes from that sense of differentiation of being able to, yes, share with somebody that you are feeling a certain way, but also not making them responsible for your emotions and for bringing you down or bringing you up or down. You know, I I think that this is like something that I will continue to talk about because I think it's really, really important that we, 
you know, kind of just get a handle on this and we become differentiated. That is a term that I have learned from the book, Passionate Marriage, really amazing book all about, you know, differentiation. So I think that like you need to be able to, or at least I need to be able to share my innermost thoughts and feelings. Uh, But from there, know that I am responsible for them. I am responsible for calming myself down and for regulating my emotions. And that doesn't mean that somebody can't like, can't ask someone to like sit with you as that's happening or to be in the presence as that's happening, but nobody is responsible for making you feel a certain way except for you. That's a really tough truth. I think I'm also going to do just a podcast general podcast in general on coddling. I think that sometimes we coddle ourselves and we are overly soothing to ourselves when that's actually not what we need. So again, another hard truth. These have all been hard truths. We got through the re-recording of this episode. I think it actually turned out better than the first time and I'm thankful. If you have any questions about this episode or any of the offerings that I talked about in the beginning, please just send me a DM on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. Let me know what you thought of the episode. I am so grateful for you all listening and sharing and coming to me and telling me things that you are now inspired to do. It truly means the world to me that you invest your ears and your time, even though podcasting is the only form of media that we can consume while doing something else. So, uh, I know you're, you're obviously probably doing something else as you listen to this and I'm glad that you can multitask, but I'm grateful for you and as always sending you lots and lots of love and I will talk to you the next time. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.